generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. six but this i say to you but this i say i think we should read together what do you think all right let's read together real quick from verse six. One, two, three. we'll read but this i say he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully so let each one give as he proposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always have an all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service is not only supplies, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, the glorified God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It's a very loaded uh, portion of the word, of the written word. And I want to encourage you, please, as an accessory or a support resource for the message this morning, please read and study 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So, Pastor Vicky, that should go into the to-dos. Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. It's so important that you, you understand that because it gives us a very clear delineation of New Testament given. And it tells us basic things we need to know about giving, about the rewards for giving, the benefits for giving, the motivation for giving, the result of our giving, and what the Lord would have us do regarding that. Now we're going to go to the Old Testament Ecclesiastes, which then also gives us God's template for giving, but then we see that it goes beyond theological exactitude to generic practical wisdom and how the world works, how the Lord ordained for the world to work. Ecclesiastes, and I believe it's chapter 11, Ecclesiastes 11 from verse 1. Let me read this alone for time's sake. Don't forget that in 2 Corinthians 9, he speaks about seed and he speaks about seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So he speaks about seed and he speaks about bread. It said that it's God that gives seed and it's also God that gives bread. 
and then he establishes a principle which is an agricultural principle but it's also applicable to your given and that's the principle of sowing and reaping now just in case someone says oh no it's just a metaphor it's, no it's not um at the mouth of two or three things a thing is established so in galatians chapter 6 when he also speaks about giving he says do not be deceived god cannot be mocked whatsoever a man sows that will he also reap. And in that story, he basically establishes two planes of sowing. Sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit. But don't forget, the spiritual realm is the parent of the natural realm. So many things in the natural realm can tell you things about the spiritual realm. True or true? How many children do I have? Wrong. How... Exactly. How many children do I have? Plenty. How many biological children do I have? Say, but I'm not sure again. Because I say wrong. Those pastors have children somewhere. No, I have only two from one woman. Amen. How many biological children do I have? Two. I don't know what that's at for now. <laughs> How many biological children do I have? Two. How many spiritual children do I have? quite a number right when you see my biological children our biological children because i didn't have them alone do they look like us in some way or the other all right who does Carmen look more like who does Renal look more like so Carmen looks more like me Renal looks more like pl to pl's things Renal looks more like me she's the mother so whatever she says is right <laughs> right right but the, the, you look at Carmen and you can see certain things and maybe even certain ways in which his mind works or the way in, in which he speaks or communicates. So when you look at him, you can see certain things about me, right? When you check their DNA, they are traceable to me, true or false. Why? Because my seed is in them. Now, the earth itself was created by the seed of God. By the seed of the word, by the word, which is the seed of God, all things were made. So not only is the new creation made by the word of God, all of creation was made by the word of God. So for the new creation to understand certain things about itself and the protocols that govern its operation, it needs to study creation. So when God is going to help us to understand who we are, he uses a lot of metaphor in creation to speak about the new creation. For example, Psalm 92 verse 12, the righteous shall flourish as the righteous is new creation, true or true. The palm tree is creation, true or true. Right. So there's a lot in creation that the new creation can learn. Are we here? Another one, it says, they that win souls, they are wise. And they that win souls shall shine as the stars of the ferment. Another one, John 7, 36 through 39, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So God uses creation to teach us about the new creation. The new creation is the new man in Christ, the redemption of the redeemed one of the Lord. Right? So if you're going to understand many things about yourself, you need to understand what the creation is. Are we following that? So when Paul begins to teach about giving, he also engages things in creation to say, see, if you want to understand how this giving operates, you need to pay attention to what God has already done in, in nature long before you got here. In other words, these principles are not going to change just because you are a new creation. Come and talk to me now. 
There's no waiver because you're a new man in Christ. In fact, because you're a new man in Christ, you must operate it with the motive of Christ. Which means that you're not operating it as an exploiter or a manipulator. You're operating it as a designated, not survival, as a designated authority under God. Ecclesiastes chapter, chapter 11 from verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters. So he's not even talking about seed now. The seed is what you sow so that it can grow. Bread is what you eat so that you can grow. Seed is what you grow so you can have more of the seed. Bread is what you eat so that you can grow. He's saying what you're supposed to eat, sometimes you throw it in the systems. You let go of it. You give it out. He said for you will find it when? After many days. Verse 2 in the KJV. What does it say in the KJV? Give us in the KJV verse 2. Shout it. Come on, somebody shout that. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. How to use my inflection to match thee. Thou knowest not. Don't remain as a keeper. Right? It says, give a portion to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be upon the earth. Verse three, if the clouds can go back to NKJV, if the clouds are full of rain, what do they do? They empty themselves upon the earth. He's talking about the cycles of earth, of the earth. If you remember the water cycle from primary school or secondary school integrated science, remember the water cycle that there are lakes and ponds and rivers and streams and all of that. And there is evaporation, right? And evaporation takes the water up to the clouds. And after a while, there is condensation. And from condensation, there's precipitation. You see that? So it's a cycle that goes around and around. He's saying this is the order of God. If the clouds are full of rain, they enter themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. Not tell lies, that's where it's going to remain. Verse 4, he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds, he that is studying the physical elements, he that is studying the operations of creation and allowing that to dictate his own operation as new creation, he's not going to sow. He's not going to put anything in the ground. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. He's going to say, well, the conditions are not favorable and all of that. And it says, as you do not know what is the way of the wind, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. What he's saying here is a man, right? He inseminates his wife. He drops seed in his wife. Do you know the man is not monitoring to see whether the bones of the baby are going to grow to the right or to the left. He drops that seed from a premise of what? Love making. He's dropping that seed, not from, uh -huh. you know, we've had five rounds today. You must give me 20 babies. Talk to me, somebody. So the sowing of the believer is not to monitor the produce of God. The man makes love to his wife. The operation is to make love to God. That my offering and my giving must be love motivated, not baby mama motivated. 
I'm not to monitor how the bones are growing in God. I'm not to monitor how the child, in other words, the return on my obedience will come. I'm not the one to dictate that, ah, this particular round that we just did, you know I wore black in doing it, so when I do it, you must give me a black baby. Or I wore rainbow color, I wore a Canada flag, so it must be a Canadian baby, right? That, that's, easy. that's what many believers do when they want to decorate the seed and name the harvest. It's saying the operation here is like a man who puts seed. It says, as you do not know what the way of the wind is, don't forget John chapter 3 verse 8. It says the wind blows wherever it listeth. No one knows where it's coming from, where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit of God. Just like I preach the gospel, I do not know the diversities of the dimensions that the Holy Spirit is applying every word I speak. Are you here? It's being applied in different ways because the operation of the Holy Spirit. As I'm hearing, as I'm speaking those words, people are applying it in different dimensions. Does that make sense? It's still the word of God. It's still going to produce the fruit of God. But I cannot insistently say this must be the return on this virtual investment of preaching. Are we here? So the same way salvation was brought forth. What we know that is the captain of our salvation and he will bring many sons unto glory, right? Do we know how many of them will be Chinese? Do we know how many will be Ghanaians? Ghanaians. Charlie? Do we know how many of them will be Congolese? We don't know, right? So we don't. What we just do is we do what? We sow, knowing that the one we sow to is faithful. It's faithful. But I'll break it down. So you do not know the works of God who does what? Who makes everything. What is that everything? The seed that he gives the sower. God made it. The bread that the eater wants to eat. God made it. The ground that you're sowing the seed in. Shout it. The water that will nourish it. The seed that will bring forth more seeds. The farmer that will cultivate it. Watch this. Even if you're in control of your seed. You're not in control of the weather. So even on a natural scale, the farmer is operating a dimension of faith. Effective farming must be rooted in some kind of faith or belief. Are we here? And there is a God who makes even palm trees grow in the desert. Oh, somebody heard that. I feel like that's a prophecy point. For somebody who's seemingly in a dry place. I see the streams of God gushing all over that environment. Do you know that God has a water system that Laswa or Lasawa? What's the name of the water corporation? La what? La Casera? 
Lasawa. God has sisters in places that Lasawa has never dug in any pipeline or any borehole. And the God of your salvation knows how to irrigate the seeds of your effort, the seeds of your generosity, the seeds of your drive and your diligence, the seed of the proclamation of the word of God, the affirmation of the promises of God. God will irrigate your seeds even in dry places. I don't know who exactly this particular word is for, but you feel like your seed died in the ground it went away it melted into oblivion and you don't know what will become of it i tell you verily verily under god if you sought from a premise of love your god is faithful and at the nick of time you will have a mighty harvest under god i proclaim it in the name of jesus that your fields are irrigated with the water of god's mercy there is rain upon your field there is rain upon your sea there is a release and an activation of divine power and divine life like never before i feel god i feel the glory of god upon this place somebody has been working hard you've been sweating you've been putting in the effort you've been declaring the word you've been doing the declaration in the private places you've been running errands you've been given seeds and so it well it's about time for your harvest for this is the year of double harvest heavy harvest in double double doses i proclaim to you you will not be a viewer you will not be a telecaster alone you will not just be a celebrant of other people's testimonies your hands will carry your harvest in basket fools in lorry fools in truckloads in in dimensions and silos in the name of jesus somebody shout hallelujah please help me go to three but tell them god will irrigate your seeds I feel God in the house. He says, you don't know the works of God. And that's the adventure. That's the beautiful thing. Because you don't know the works of God. The beautiful thing. In other words, God, I know you're going to do it. I don't know how. But just like I don't monitor the baby growing in my auntie's belly. But somehow, the bones come out right. Somehow, the heart is not in the mouth. Many people say, I have, I have my heart in my mouth. God forbid. This is an idiom. It's a metaphor, I understand. Right? But you see that, the father, once the father releases that seed, all it needs to do is to ensure it does not do anything to jeopardize the seed. To jeopardize the seed, you see that. In other words, when you give, when you release stuff, don't go and say words that will reverse what you have started in the spiritual realm. So people give offerings in church and say, we don't even know what they're using the money for. You've injected that seed, that baby with toxin. You have introduced canality into the process. Or God said to you, give that person, let nobody know about it. You give to the person, it becomes your Facebook status. That's like ripping open the belly of the woman you sowed into. Are we here? Of course, some seeds are generic or probably we're trying to put money for someone's gift or someone's welfare or someone's hospital bills and all of that, right? But there are many of the seeds God just wants it to be between you and him. He compares that. What does verse 6 say? Give, give it to us real quick. In the morning, what should you do? Sow your seed. Do it early. And in the evening, do not 
When you feel I have done my best, do not be weary. One of the principles of generosity is do not be weary. It says, do not be weary, weary well doing. For if you faint not, you shall what? Reap. So the harvest is guaranteed, but your staying power depends on you. The harvest is guaranteed. It's, there's going to be a reaping. There will be a reaping. If you don't reap it in your lifetime, you reap it, your generations will reap it. Right? Jesus spoke about ministry and the church. He said that you have entered, others have sown and you have entered into their labors. Which means that a truly generous soul will heap up harvest that he will not live long enough to reap the entirety of. Because by operation, it is seed, then there must be time and then harvest. It's the process. When the word of God is dropped in your spirit, that's the seed. Time of meditation, reflection, discipleship, oversight, correction, time. And then the harvest of a godly character in Christ, the nature of Christ, the essence of Christ being fully formed. Are you following? When a man so sit in the woman, time must pass. Typically nine months, sometimes seven months, sometimes ten months and the like. So he says, do not withhold your hand for you do not know which will prosper which begins to tell you that your prosperity is also connected to your seed either this or that or whether both alike will be good verse 7 truly the light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun it is good for the eyes to behold the sun hallelujah all right, so let's get into the meat of the matter. Go be more tutorial this morning, but do ensure that your spirit is open and you can receive what the Lord is saying. What exactly is generosity? We have been speaking so much media. If you can give us that original uh, diagram I gave us, the circle one, the one that has let him the stole still no more, but let him walk with his hands that he might have to give. You remember that? It was a blue slide. If you can quickly find it, the Lord will be excited. Well, I don't know about the, I would be excited. <laughs> Imagine Jesus jumping. See, Jesus that doesn't do anything. Afraid to even talk to the father. Daddy. <laughs> Why is not the pastor's wife in number two? Daddy, can I have a moment? <laughs> All right, so the, the cycle, I need the cycle. We started off earlier in the series talking about the cycle of supply. Who remembers that? And we said the first part of that cycle is what? What's that first thing? Ooh. Ooh. What's that first thing? Receiving. That's where it starts. We have received. John 3, 27, no man receives anything except it be given him from above. It says that is the father of lights, James chapter 1, verse 17, from whom every good thing comes. So anything you plan to give or use or work with, you have first of all received it. Somebody shout, I am a receiver. Say, I'm not a sound system, but I'm a receiver. Say, I'm not a sound system, but my system is sound because I'm a receiver. 
If you don't get the metaphor, just write down somewhere and ask one of the technical guys. That, oh, in sound system, there's a transmitter and there's a receiver at that end that is able to decode what I'm encoding through sound. And so by technology, the receiver is able to capture the sound and interpret it. Are we following that? So we are receivers, media helpers. We are receivers. We start, from, we start given from the understanding that there is nothing that we own that we have not received. There's no amount of money that I have that I did not receive through a system or a structure that offered me the proceeds of his benevolence. Now, can I just ask a question? Is there anybody here who was born of a woman? Any man, any human being born of a woman? Be proud, be proud. Come on, don't deny your mom this morning. If you're born, born of a woman, just wave your hands. All right, all right. How many of you were born clothed? When you were born, you were born with Gucci clothes. Elizabeth Arden, it's good to see you and your beautiful smile. Yes, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You are born with like Giorgio Armani or Taylor Laurent. Jerry was born with clothes. <laughs> right? Nobody was born with clothes, right? How are we born? Come on, be proud of the truth if it's true. How are we born? Naked. So Paul says to Timothy, for we brought nothing into this world and we will take nothing out of it. So you were born naked, right? Were you born naked? Who created you? God. How did you come into the earth? Through, through a woman. How did your woman, the mother, receive the seed? The man. So your life is essentially, uh, essentially a process of giving. God puts a living spirit. He had a thought. He had a logos or a thought in his mind. He said that thought will look like this, be this height, be this color, be from this, have this intonation, have this capacity. I'm shooting this thought into 20. Nobody was, people were born in 20. Yeah, people were born in 2000s here. So I was shooting this thought into 2001 or 2002 or for most people here into 1990 something or 1980 something. But that thought needs a container. And that thought, I can't throw it out in space. There will be commotion. I will encode the attributes of that thought the details of that thought the intelligence the traits the tendencies the proclivities the passions the drive the devotions of that thought and the expression of me that that thought must manifest over time i will encode it into a microchip into a mini mini money more <laughs> microchip into a nano gamma gino gimo gizmo microchip and i'll insert it in a man that man is going to produce seed but for that man to have a child he must be a giver somebody shout i'm a giver all the men in the house shout i'm a giver i will give the right seeds to the right people the right places for the right reasons shout my biological seed will belong to one woman voices have dropped too yeah? Look at your neighbor. Say one woman. Say even if your name is Anima Shaun. <laughs> Anima Shaun means someone that has and doesn't hold back. Right? So the man must be a what? Giver. 
So he gives, thank you so much for this. He gives to the woman. And then the woman, she must be a giver to carry the baby through. True or false? She must give through the fallopian tube. She must give of her energy, of her passions before the baby comes. So even motherhood is, is a journey of faith. Not just for conception, but for gestation. And not just for gestation, for delivery. Don't forget we have to learn from creation for us to be effective as new creation. Alright? So the woman to, have a, to move from being pregnant to having a baby, must she be a giver or not? She must give. She cannot hold on to that baby. So every time I hold on to something I should give, I complicate my now. Because my now was not designed to support my seed beyond a certain level. And so complications arise when I hold on to what I should release. Oh, are we here now? You know how it is when you're supposed to release something to the earth? Something that has the potential of germinating seeds from your body. You all don't know that. That you're a fertilizing tank with daily doses of donations. Now, if you were to hold on to that stuff and say, no, I will not let it go unless you bless me. How is that going to be? Will you be comfortable? Will you be comfortable? All right. So you, you get the picture. So we are receivers. Somebody say, I'm a receiver. I'm a receiver. Even in my work, I'm working with what I've received. What I have is the result of what I've done based on what I've received. And so my giving is not an isolated event. My giving is the result of the fact that I've been given. So this is a reverse engineering. I'm not given so that I can have. I am given because I have been given. By grace. It's okay to clap with more conviction. The world does tit for tat. Dog eat dog. You scratch my back, I break your neck. <laughs> I scratch yours to say. Right? But Christ says, I'm turning the kingdom over to the kingdoms of of. God, the kings of the world, kingdom of God. And how does the kingdom of God operate? It operates from the premise of abundance. It operates from the premise of supply. When there is seen, the word says that grace abounds, how? So much more. So God doesn't see sin and say, oh, there's too much sin here. Let me withdraw my grace. No. When there is sin, what does he do? He throws grace at it. 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 So when there is poverty, I don't withhold my seed. I throw resources at it. Are we here? This is key. The New Testament believer does not give from a place of lack. Or insufficiency or want. In other words, that's not the guiding principle and philosophy in his mind. He's not thinking, oh, if I can give a little bit more, maybe God will have mercy on me. <laughs> He's not thinking, oh, you know what? Let me twist the hand of God to move in my direction. I'll talk to you about the operations of the spirit and how it is that God may require certain seeds from you for certain works to be done in you first and in the earth. So see that. Somebody say, I am loved by God. 
Shout, I'm favored by God. Say, I'm privileged to be a child of God. And I give from the premise of abundance. Don't forget, we read Psalms last week. And last week, we read the part where David said, The Lord is my portion and my cup. You remember that? Let's go here. Psalm 16. Give us Psalm 16. Because everybody can. Oops. Done it again. Didn't send media my outline. It's in your on your device. All right, verse five. Oh Lord, you are the. Let's read it together. Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. In other words, God, this one I'm about to give you is actually from you. It's from you. Because what I'm able to give is out of the portion that you are. Because you're my portion. So anything I'm given is out of your portion. What I'm given is proportional. I can't give anything except God gives me first. Is that so? I can't. That, that's the truth of the matter. It's not even some kind of deep theological thought. It's like all of us already agreed we were born naked, right? Then who gave you something? A nurse gave you something. Your mother gave you something. A caregiver gave you something. Big brother, old sister, somebody gave you something. Somebody gave you education. Somebody gave you instruction. So every human being was born into the given cycle. Says God, you are my portion. The portion of my inheritance and my cup, you maintain my law. Let's go to TPT. Can you give me in TPT what does it say? Your pleasant paths Lord, I've chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize. You are my goal. My pleasure and my portion. I leave my destiny and it's timing in your hands. Go to verse 6. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I am overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you. Why? For you have given me your best. Somebody shout, I have the best already. Shout I have the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. Shout I have the best gifts my destiny needs. I have the best abilities my assignment calls for. Say I have the best parents that my life needed. Say I have the best husband or the best wife for me. Shout I have the best church for my spiritual development. Shout I have the best pastor. Look at him and say I have the best... Yes, you can scream and howl at that. Look at your neighbor say, I'm sitting beside the best person I can sit beside this Sunday morning. Even if they are still born in. You have given me the best. This is the premise of the believers given. He is not given to try to agitate God, disturb God, bug God, manipulate God, scheme God, scam God. Right? God is not a mugu. You can't scam him. 
Give me Amplified, verse 5 and 6. Amplified. Let's go. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance, my cup. See this now. He is all I need. Whew. Think about it for a moment. Now, if they drop you in a desert, a dry place by yourself, how are you going to feel in your natural state, your humanity? How are you going to feel? You're going to be worried initially? Sad? What else? Scared? Curious and all, right? Now, if they drop you in the desert with Elon Musk, how you going to feel? Pardon? Very okay. Give me more. Hopeful. Give me more. Fulfilled. <laughs> Happy. What has changed? The desert of the person you're with. Y'all didn't get what I just taught you. You can be in what people call a bad place. But if they look well, they will see that the God of all creation is with you. And if Elon Musk's presence can give you hope and happiness and joyfulness, that means you have no right to be sad in any circumstance in your life. This is what Paul knew. He said, I have learned to be happy in any state. He said, I know how to abase and how to abound. Not because I have a million dollars or because I have a God with unquantifiable wealth. This is the reason David was bold enough to call people. How was a fugitive able to take care of 400 hungry warriors in a cave when the national food supply was cut off? Because when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's the one who makes me lie down in green pastures. In other words, if I'm in a desert and God is there, pastures go show. Higher back on the layer. God has never left a land languishing in a dry place if there is no water he will become the water if there is no food he will become the grass if there is no bread he will multiply it the Lord is my shepherd no money in my account but I got my shepherd the bills are mounting up but I've got my shepherd the sponsors pulled out the last minute but I got my shepherd my partners are not forthcoming but I still got my shepherd my wedding is in a few days but the Lord is still my shepherd. It's been a long time my dad sent me money. My mother checked on me. But the Lord is my shepherd. Things don't look up. But I look up to the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. Who are my shepherded people? Who are the shepherd's sheep? Who are those who can look back to a time where there was nothing at all but somehow you looked good you still dressed well you still ate good oh come on somebody you remember in year two or year three no school fees but here comes help from a stranger or somebody he was the shepherd 
that brought them into your space. It was the shepherd who guided them. It was the shepherd that prompted that person as well. Why are a hundred thousand? Send them a thousand dollars at the nick of time. You had tears in your eyes because you thought the shepherd abandoned you. But not one second one where his eyes off you. For his eyes are on the sparrow. How much more you who carry his DNA and his nature. Have I got anybody here who wants to shout the Lord is my shepherd shouted shout it loud the Lord is my shepherd he's my shepherd when I write I can I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me he's my shepherd in a dry place he's my shepherd in a place of struggle he's my shepherd in the midst of disappointment he's my shepherd when things are falling and failing I can stand on my rock my terra firma my firm foundation my Yehoshua my Meshach my oil my horn the lifter of my head my captain the captain of my salvation he is my shepherd he blows away the obstacles he melts the mountains he elevates the valleys he strengthens the crooked paths he's my shepherd the that can bring a faraway blessing and bring it to me the atofarati that I can rely on depend on stay on stand on hey cry to for when my heart is over Overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than me. Oh my God, I've never seen Dwayne Johnson, but I've got the rock. I've got the rock. His muscles are big enough to lift me, his eyes are sharp enough to see me, his ears are attentive enough to hear me, his arms are strong enough to hold me. And the Lord is my shepherd. I find your neighbor. Shout the Lord is my shepherd. Go to five people. Tell them the Lord. He is the one who sorts me out. He is the one who keeps me good. He is the one who keeps me going. He is the one who helps me out. He is the one who lifts me through. He's the one who's paying the bill. The Lord is my shepherd. Throw up your hands and shout, Thank you, shepherd. Give him praise for a minute. Oh, uh, is that all you've got? Is that all you've got? Is that all? Oh. Hey! They said I will beg and borrow, but my shepherd said not so. They said you will come back crawling on your knees. Uh, but how can I bow before you? And bow before me. Anybody ever been there? With the thought it was the end of the road. I know it's okay for some people to be seated but there are some of us who are too grateful for legs that work to be seated well we just we just want to stand a little bit because we know if not for the Lord who was on my side if not for the Lord who saw me through the last season of desperation if not for the Lord who dragged me through the hell hole and dusted me clean and gave me a place to stay if not for the Lord 
Look at your neighbor saying, neighbor, if not for the Lord, who was on my side? Woo. It's the shout of a grateful people. Grateful hearts. Grateful hearts. I am a grateful child. I'm a grateful man. I'm a grateful husband. I'm a grateful father. I'm a grateful pastor. I'm a grateful brother. The secret is God. You know how it is. We get familiar. So you got paid two days ago or three or last week. Uh, I got paid now. Forgot that some of your colleagues were laid off. And worse still, some were late to rest. We get familiar. I woke up this morning, no pain. But remember the day you woke up with a pain on your neck? And the enemy was manipulating your mind to say, ah, finally the stroke has come. God punished the devil! We are grateful people. Please proceed. Let me teach you a little bit. So David does not stop with that premise. He does not just stop with, oh, you know what? God is such a good God. God and all of that. Let's look at what he did. In First Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Anybody blessed already? Anybody blessed? Anybody blessed? Anybody blessed already? Anybody, anybody, anybody blessed? Anybody blessed already? Anybody blessed? Anybody blessed? Anybody blessed already? Anybody, anybody, anybody blessed? Anybody blessed already? Yeah, yeah. Hey, say I'm blessed already. Blessed already. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed already. Blessed already. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed already. Don't be shy. Already. I'm blessed already. I'm blessed and blessed already. I'm blessed and blessed already. I'm blessed and blessed already. Anybody blessed, anybody blessed. Anybody blessed, anybody blessed. I'm blessed. Can I hear you clap? Blast, 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 blast. First Chronicles. For those who are joining us for the fir- very first time, we are very fine. As a matter of fact, it's the world that is not fine. Because in the presence of God, there is fullness. My God, my God don't have depressive, dark sorrow. He said the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no. Somebody shout NSZ. 
shouts NSZ no sorrow zone that's where I leave that's where I leave that's where I leave I leave on joy streets I leave in abundance Avenue I leave in glory estate I leave in a duplex of divinity oh god I'm sleeping on the pillow of peace I don't have nightmares I have got mirrors when I sleep it shows me wonderful things and him I leave and him I move and him I have my being every day and him I live yeah. and him I move yeah. and him I have my being every day and him I leave in him I live in him I move in him I have in him I have my being every day and him I leave in him I live and him I move in him I move I have Chronicles 29 shout I'm a giver because I'm a receiver first Chronicles 29 anybody feeling good from verse 1 first Chronicles 29 from verse 1 and King David said to all the assembly my son Solomon he didn't, didn't quite say sh my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is still young and inexperienced, and the work is great because Bible history suggests that Solomon must have been about 18 years old. Right? For the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. It's a big deal. This is the house of God. Keep going. So with all my ability, what have I done? I, with all, somebody say with all. My ability, I have provided for the house of my God. This is personal. Is my God. Now many of us may not understand the concept of my God because, you know, we're just born to Christianity so we don't really understand the depth of that. For the Hebrew mind, the Hebraic mind, and also for African traditional religions, they understood the concept of my God. For them it was a false God, G-O-D, my God. Many of them had a shrine for their God behind their houses. And many of them had tokens of their God that they carried as charms or amulets or, or, or carvings and all of the welcome PLT will love you. I hope you were listening online because we've had some groovy groovy have we had some groove this nobody should miss it <laughs> i've provided so, so they had their gods right they had their gods and what they would do is when they have a stuff like some of you in your village the real village village not the village that's become a town there's the village in your village village right where they still have all those shrines and people literally would take portions of their harvest right and throw them at those gods or give them to those gods or give them to the representatives of those gods so when jesus cried on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me everybody understood what he was saying 
that one of the worst things that could happen to an individual was for his God to turn his back on him. This is the reason, let me just teach it a little bit, a little bit of history. This is the reason a lot of Africans converted to Christianity. Many of them did not convert to Christianity because they believed in the redemptive press of Jesus. They began to believe in Christianity because they said, ah, any God that can shoot an enemy and he dies. Because Shongo Obatala, uh, give me all those names, Amadioa, they were all in Africa, but God silenced them. Are you following? So many of them converted not because they understood the cross. This also explains why in many traditional churches, especially the very older churches, there are still traces and trails of African traditional religion that have been Christ Christianized. So it was an old baby with a new name. So it's paganism that is masked as Christianity. Because what caused the conversion was not the conviction of judgment, sin, and righteousness. It was the conviction of gone. Save my God. Oh, pua, pua, tuba, kubada. They saw Amadioa. Amadioa did not show up. He ran away. They saw Shango. Shango said, I'm not here. I'm not here for this. They were checking the Twitter updates of Ogun. Is that Ogun? Is it Logun? Right? So it was, are you seeing that? So when it was saying my God, my God means the spiritual power, the person that controls everything regarding my life. Those people understood that no matter what the circumstances were, before you travel by sea or by road, you go and talk to your God. This is still where the falsehood in some, I hope, minuscule, tiny part, part of the prophetic in Nigeria is still struggling with, where before you get married, they will say bring three names. Bring five names. Bring seven names. Somebody say, I have the Holy Spirit. Say, I have accountability to spirit-filled pastors and teachers. I don't need to be in doubt of the leadings of God in my heart. Are you following them? So with all my ability, I've provided for the house of my God. Somebody say, my God. Say, my God. Say it without you, my God. The gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, as well as onyx stones and stones. Why is it saying gold for the things of gold? Because you can get to a level in your life where you're giving silver for the things of gold. That is what we call misappropriation. So you are giving greater value to something of lesser value. So you're taking God portion and you're giving it to emergency. You're taking honor offering and you're giving it to charity. That is giving gold to the things of silver. David said, no, I did not mismatch. I did not misplay. You remember those crossword things? Match the corresponding figure from the right side to the left side, right? They might put girl and skirt, boy and trouser. These days, you, you want. Bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, as well as onyx stones. That's I went extra. I put the finishing and stones to be laid, stones of antimony. That's a brittle, some say brittle, silvery white metal, metal, and stones of various colors and all kinds of precious stones and alabaster in what? This is a temple that God already told David, you will not be the one to build. 
So generosity is not about giving to something I can control. David knew he was never going to worship in this temple. Never going to worship in this building. But he gave towards it. Somebody say my heart is large enough for that. Shall the Lord has shed his, blood, his love abroad in my heart. He said, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. Because I delight in the house of my God, the personal. Where are we? Are we here? Are we in Amplified? Help me. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Don't forget, what did David say God was? What did David say God was in Psalm 16? The portion of his inheritance and his cup. So he said, I've gone extra. I'm not just a consumer. I'm a giver. Over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. So he didn't just create a general allocation from the kingdom treasury. He took of his own and he gave. Let's continue. He said, 3,000 talents of gold. Give it to me in the simpler translation that all of us can identify with. 3,000 talents. Fine, is in amplified or something. It's 3,000. Oh, I'm not so simple. <laughs> Talents of gold, gold of offer, 7,000 talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house. Keep going, real quick. And for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen, for who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? So David did not just give God mouth offering. Somebody say mouth offering is good. Say gold offering is also valid. Silver offering is also accepted. Say the wood offering will also collect it. Don't forget, David was not saying, God, I'm sowing this seed so that I will resurrect. He was not trading with God. He said, because I have set my affection. So my resources actually flow in the direction of my affection. Oh, come on. This is the reason you must print your bank statement. Because when you print your bank statement, you will see a portrait of your priorities. Your expenditure is a portrait of your priorities. Your expenditure is a reflection of your affection. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. There's a treasure and heart connection. Why? Because not, not, I mean, there are many things that are treasurable, but not all of us treasure the same thing the same way. So for some people, they see a Rolex wristwatch, they are drooling. They are literally looking like hungry. I don't know what they're looking like. Some people, they see a Rolex wristwatch, they don't even know what it is. They don't even care. Some people see a car, Lamborghini. But they have not spoken to anybody about lamb or guinea. What I just said. <laughs> right? Some people, some people is here. Like it, they, they, you've set your affection on it. And what it means is that you go out of your to begin to plan and plot to buy that thing you deeply treasure. Is that true or not? You start thinking of ways. David says, see, I'm setting my affection on this. And when David did it, it was not only him that did it. When you go to verse 6, look at verse 6. What does it say? So David demonstrated that. Then what happened in verse 6? Then the leaders... 
of the father's houses. So a leader has no right to ex expect a certain behavior except he has modeled it. Are you following this? So if you're a team lead, a cluster lead, WhatsApp facilitator, mass life facilitator, whatever you want to see the next generation embody or model, you must flesh it out. Are we following that? Then the leaders of the father's houses, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered how? Willingly, because attitudes are also contagious. David offered willingly. David offered it from his heart. And then the leader said, ah, ah. I mean, we don't have all that gold and all that silver that David has. But on our level, we're going to do something. So what did they do? They gave for the work of the house of God. What did they give? 5,000 talents. What did David give? What did David give? It's like we're going to write the exam very soon. What did David give? 3,000 talents. What did they give? So they came all together. So what David gave was 60%. David, as an individual, what he gave was 60% of what all the leaders give. Are you following? Can I give you a little secret? In many churches across the world, that's still what happens. Yeah, in many churches, many good churches across the world. Somebody shout, I'm a giver. So the question will be, how come people that give the most, they never run out? Because it's a cycle. It's a system. Right? It's a system that is set in operation to the degree that even though David was not allowed, alive to reap the gold and the silver, do you know that concerning his son Solomon, people brought more gold and silver than what David had? Because the death of a person does not break the system of God. If the person does not live long enough to contain his children, well, are you following this? How many of you are grateful to your parents for giving you a good name? A name that does not, is not a liability. Eh? Omo Tani. Omo Komo. My father's name is not Komo. Omo Komo. Right, that's not your portion. I wish that email would be more aggressive. But I didn't just stop. Watch this with Solomon. Do you recall that Jesus, the son of David, did they bring gold or not? Are you following that? God never forgets a seed. Go and continue and continue and continue and continue and continue. The leaders gave 3,000 and all that, 10,000, 18,000 talents of bronze, 1,000. You can read all of that. Now, verse 9. So the king gave, the leaders gave. Then verse 9, what happened? Then the people rejoiced for they had what? So even the people now, are we seeing that? Somebody shall wear a house of givers. Say my pastor is a giver. My pastor's wife is a giver. Our pastors and ministry directors are givers. All of us are givers. Shout we are givers and we are forgivers. He said that people rejoice. So what happens when people give? Joy. Whenever your joy is withering, check your giving. Check it. 
Maybe you become so self-centered and self-absorbed that you interpret all of life through the filter of what's coming to you as against what's coming through you. Maybe. They rejoiced because with a loyal heart, they offered willingly towards the Lord. And guess what? Even though David gave more than everybody else, David was happy. When I see people give on the level that God has blessed them, I'm happy. That the reign and the rule of righteousness is having a free course in the house. Because of time and because I have a lot to come in the second service. Let me quickly give you a list of reasons we should give. Why should we give? Number one. I'm going to teach this so just breeze through it. Why should we give? There's another benefit. I'll talk about benefits in the second. Oops. There's something major I was supposed to deal with in the service. Anyway, let me give you the benefits. Number one, God is a giver. Sorry, let me give you why the reasons we should give. Reasons we should give. Number one, God is a giver and we are made in his image. God is a giver and I'm made in his image. So for me not to give, I'm misrepresenting the one in whose image I've been made. So as natural man, I should even be a giver. It's just that as natural man, I can be a giver, but my motive is wrong. As new creation, don't forget my heart is right. He said, I will take away their hearts of stone and I will give them hearts of flesh and I will inscribe my laws in their hearts. Of course, we do understand Galatians 5.14, he that loves has fulfilled the law. Romans 10, uh, 13 and verse 10, he says this is fulfillment of the law. You can accessorize that with 1 John 4, verse 7 to 9 and 1 John 3, uh, 16 to 19 or 18. Right? So because I'm made in the image of God, I give. That's the first thing. I'm made in the image of a giver. And so my giving is organically embedded in my nature. When I'm born again, I'm born of the seed of God. That seed is the incorruptible seed of God. In other words, that seed has not picked up patterns, attributes, failures, frailties, and failings from fallen flesh. That seed is pure, is not contaminated. Therefore, every believer is actually a giver. Somebody shout, I'm born again. And I'm born to give. So, when you struggle with giving, it's a corruption or an interruption of the mind. Not of your new nature. Your new nature wants to give. Your new nature likes to give. But the old man, that's the old mentality, the carnal nature, the mindset, the ideology that's picked up the trappings of poverty from the nation in which you were sad or raised. It tells you, if you give, you're losing. No! In the kingdom, because there's abundance, if you give, there's an outlet for more. Please, can I have my first set of apples very quickly? Number two. Number two. Help me, Lord. Somebody shout, help my pastor, Lord. Number two. God commands us to give. So many places in the Bible, he says, give. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord. Give. He said, bring him an offering. David says that, bring him an offering. He said to Moses, do not let them appear before me empty-handed. Right? We see all of that. Number three, giving is a proof of love, right this, proof of love, an expression of grace, an application of faith, and a demonstration of trust. This is the one I was supposed to illustrate. So if someone can remember, remind me in the second service, I need to illustrate the connection between faith, truth, love, and trust. It's very powerful and life-changing. 
So given as a proof of love, okay, we have it, an expression of grace, an application of faith, and a demonstration of trust, right? So it's okay for everybody to say, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord. The proof of love is evidenced by what you have done to express it. Are we seeing that? Now that expression does not mean you love the person. But love means there must be an expression. In other words, if I say to Cooper, I have 10 apples, I'm going to give you one. The press of giving Cooper an apple does not mean I love him. Because somebody else can give him an apple and does not love him. But if I see Cooper has been working with together, someone gives me 10 apples, uh-uh. Even without him asking, should I give? Should I offer him something? Oh, come and talk to me now. All right. I should offer him something. Number three. Number four. Giving is a way of fulfilling my stewardship responsibilities. In giving, my stewardship is demonstrated and displayed. My understanding that I have received. John 3, 27. That no man can receive anything except given from above. I have received. I'm the recipient of God's benevolence and generosity. Right? Number five. Giving, and this one is powerful. Giving is one of the most effective ways of mortifying the flesh. One of the most effective ways. So whenever you're dealing with a lot of lust, a lot of lust attacks on your mind, many times your giving is nowhere it should be. Because in giving, you demonstrate self-denial. We're living in a generation that likes self-promotion, self-advancement, self-projection, self-announcement, self-propagation. But in giving, you are dethroned. Christ is enthroned and others are lifted. And so given forces your flesh to know you can't always have what you like. You can't always have what you want. You can't always do what you wish. So given is, look at what the word says, for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the pathway to redemption is laced with sacrificial given. To lay down, it says, no greater love has a man than this, than for a man to lay down his life for a friend. It said, for a good man, some will scarcely die. It said, but God demonstrated his love towards us in that whilst we had seen us, Christ died for the ungodly. And then it said, except the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, John 12, 24, he abides alone. But if it dies, then it brings forth much fruit. So in sowing, there is mortification. In sowing, there is death to my appetite. There is death to my preferences. There is death to my wishes. There is death to my own lordship of my life. I hear. Jesus said, no one takes my life away from me. So I lay it down. And then he says, whoever keeps his life is going to lose it. Whoever lays down his life is going to save it. Somebody shout, flesh must die. Shout aloud and say, flesh must die. All that pride, all that arrogance, all that self-projection, self-promotion. One of the ways to kill it practically is to take seed that means something to you and offer it. To take a shirt or a wristwatch or clothes or perfume that you've begun to idolize and look for somebody and give it up. Are you following this? To take an amount of money you haven't given someone before and say this man or woman has been a blessing to me. I'm giving it. Guess what happens? Ego pain. But the pathway to promotion and elevation 
persecution, as laced with pain, as laced with self-sacrifices, laced with sleepless nights and giving up something I cherish so dearly because when I take out the old, God will bring in the new. And every time I engage the tutelage of the Holy Spirit and I yield to his instruction, my mind is enlarged, my capacity is enlarged and God says, I can trust him with more and I can trust I am I, where are my people at this where are you right now he says I can trust you with more because now you are like my son the Bible was able God was able to trust Abraham as the father of nations because Abraham demonstrated what God will do thousands of years later without reading a Bible without reading the concordance without reading a theological textbook without reading church history Abraham instinctively by yieldingness to the Holy Spirit was able to take his only begotten son and walk up the craggy edges of a mountain called Moriah whose coordinates he couldn't impute in any GPS and no Google Maps to support him as he walked through the frosty bites of the climb he got to a place on top and said I will lay down my son not only my son my only son not only my only son my only son that I waited for for 25 years and I will lay before God and hold the knife as a glint in the sun and dare to slash his throat because I know God is faithful. He was not killing the sacrifice. He was offering the sacrifice. To kill it means it will never appear again. But Hebrews tells us that Abraham was the first man to believe Romans. That God was able to raise the dead. So the faith of Abraham was not just the faith of giving. It was faith in resurrection. the faith of resurrection God preached the gospel to Abraham and he believed it he said I'm able to give anything if God can raise his own son God can raise my son are you following that he kills the flesh my pride my arrogance my own targets who I want to have my account at 10 million naira. God says give one. Like, eh? Do you know how long it took me to put 10 million naira together? When I remove this one, my account will look different. Let it look different. Are you here? Because when it looks different, you will look different in the spirit. You will see different in the spirit. Your priorities will change in the spirit. Number six, giving advances the kingdom of God on earth. It advances the kingdom of God on earth. And number seven, your giving determines your fulfillment. Your legacy. Actually, let me just make it eight, actually. Number seven, your giving determines your fulfillment and defines your legacy. Your fulfillment defines your legacy. Nobody is remembered for how much they got. People are remembered for how much they give. When people die, you know what you remember? Ah, she gave me this. She taught me that. He helped me here. He helped those children. He started our orphanage. Oh, he built this church. He used to sweep this church every day. Oh, he preached and it's what you give that determines your legacy. Nobody ever said, oh, I mean, they might say it in passing. Oh, that my buyer Lowe going, he had a lot of houses and all, but it's useless, right? What remains 
I believe it's Revelation 13 verse 14. He said the righteous, they rest from their labors and their works go with them. Do you know the only thing you take out of the earth? You were born naked. The only thing you take out of the earth are your works. Only. And if your works are not in Christ, zero. Everything, say odu. Say everyone say odu. Olojueja. Full stop. Pascal Tobito. Full stop. Olojueja. Bermole. But if your works are rooted in Christ, then 1 Corinthians 6 teaches us that we appear before the judgment seat of Christ, not just the seat of God. Judgment seat of God, Christ has already appeared and we have passed that one. Right? You're going to be judged not based on what you've done, but who you are in. The great white through journey. Who you are in. You are judged in Christ. So Christ died, you died with him. Christ was buried, you were buried with him. Christ resurrected, you were resurrected. Christ is seated, you are seated with him. So you have passed, Okay? But the Christ who was faithful in all his house will now also sit over your matter and say, were you faithful in your house? <laughs> Are we here? Number eight, your giving affects your reception here on earth. Sorry, your perception here on earth and your reception in heaven. Your giving actually affects your eternal realities. That's the truth. Because Luke 12 says that sell what you have, give alms, and say make money bags for yourself in a world that does not feed. Do you know what God is saying? God is saying, see, there's a way to have money, by money, riches in the kingdom. And the way you do it is a real conversion, just as real as you can take Naira. You can take Naira here, 610,000 Naira notes, and convert, and they give you why they give you a thousand dollars, right? You can walk into a bank, right? Can you? And give a thousand dollars. It's as real as that. That the monies you use for Christ and his work here on earth, it converts into heaven's currency. It's as real. Christ made it so literal. Like it's not a metaphor. It's a real thing. Are you following? Is the way someone can wire money to you about a transfer, all those transfer apps and stuff like that. Can I invite you to a journey of generosity? Is anybody coming? Is anybody coming? Is anybody coming? Let's stand. Is anybody coming? I'll talk about the apples in the second sense. Don't miss it. It's going to be a powerful illustration. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Say a word in the spirit. Let these words that you have heard go deep into your heart. We are representatives of God here on earth, and so we give just as He gave. We become better even as we give generously. We put our hearts into it, we do it with love with understanding that we have, that we have received today. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Lord, because it's the entrance of your word that brings light. Thank you, Lord, because these words will go deep into our hearts and transform the way we give. 
Make us better givers. Make us generous people. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Someone said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Was that a word or what? Wow. Wow. Powerful. Can we celebrate the grace and gift of God upon the life of our dear pastor, Pastor Damiel Oatoyevo? So, so. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.